Happy Sunday. Welcome to Divine Honey Podcast. I'm your host, your friend, your daily inspiration, Tamika Johnson. If this is your first time tuning in, the show is about human experiences. This includes thought-provoking conversations, and most importantly, our Divine Honey guests, who come on each and every week, share stories about love, life, journey, and purpose. If you're watching on the live or on the replay, if you feel inspired, please leave a question or a comment. We're excited to hear from each and every one of you. Subscribe, like, and share, and don't forget to hit the notification button because you don't want to miss another episode of Divine Honey or any of the other amazing videos on this channel. So this week, I would like you to welcome our Divine Honey guest. Please welcome Brianne Johnson. She's an influencer and a brand partner for Young Living. She will be here today sharing her journey about how she prepared for birth for her second child in her late 30s. She's excited to share all the things she has learned. So welcome, Brianne. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. I'm happy you're here. I know. Yeah. We made it. Yes. So <laughs> for all of you guys who don't know, that Brianne's actually my sister-in-law, and she is responsible. She is the vessel for my nephew, Kingston, little kingling, little baby yeah. boy, um, wild man Johnson. So she's all, 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 all he's he's all the things. So yes, yeah, so we we are going to talk about I guess my first question. Well, before we get that, I want to say again welcome and thank you for coming yeah. and sharing with us. Yes, of course. Yes. So Brian, how and when did you know you wanted to have another child? Oh, I don't know that I really knew I wanted to have another child. Um, I knew it was a possibility. Um, I had Landon when I um, was in like my first year of teaching. I was 22, 23 years old um, in my 20s. And so then I became a single mom and I really learned what it meant to be um, being a mom by yourself. And so it was definitely a journey. And so um, I knew there were parts of the future that meant I would possibly meet somebody and have a child again, mm -hmm. but, um, there was still a little bit of that fear because I, it's, it's a lot of work having a child and it's really hard doing it alone. Um, so it wasn't probably until, um, I started feeling really secure with Tim and we talked a lot about what kind of parents we would be and what kind of support person he would be. And I just needed to know um, that we were kind of on the same page of parenting and also that we were on the same page of what it meant to be a mom and dad together, a husband and wife, because I really didn't want to ever lose that strong foundation that we built with each other mm -hmm. um, that sometimes people lose sight of when they have a, a baby. And so probably, um, when I really felt secure with Tim, I, I trusted in him. I knew that he was going to be an amazing father. Um, he's an amazing stepdad. So um, when I started noticing that he was the one, you know, I got that feeling. Um, and then I kind of said to him, okay, well, you know, I am kind of old. I am older than him. So <laughs> we got to figure this out, bud. And so um, I would say probably when I, when I started feeling secure with Tim, otherwise it wasn't really like a thought. I was fine with just one. Awesome. So, yeah. 
Yes. I love that you brought up the fact of those discussions of what type of support person you're going to be for me because we don't talk about, um, I think when we think of like fathers, we think of like the old tradition you provide that's financially this net, but we don't talk about support. I think that's getting more common to talk about. Yeah, it, it was truly a game changer um, for us. And, and you know, we would be in situations and we would see things play out and then we would say, okay, how would we handle that? And, and it helped us like get on the same page, but it also helped us learn how to be each other's partner. Like uh, we, we, are, we are strong believers and communicators, even when it's hard. And even when, you know, the person probably doesn't um, maybe want to hear it, but that's was the foundation that we built with each other. And so um, we just really talked through things and, you know, when things got hard, we made a plan. And, um, so yes, definitely communication. You can't plan for everything, obviously, but at least you can create that foundation of communication and we know what each other needs when it gets to that point. So it makes things a lot easier for sure. Yes, for sure. So what was the first step? What did you do to get ready or really to prepare to do it the pregnancy Um, so actually um if I rewind a bit in Mm -hmm. my 20s um I would say I started preparing my body before I kind of knew all the things I needed to do because um I started having a lot of stomach issues in my 20s um which then had me in and out of doctor's office, digestive disease doctors, um, all these people. And I was trying all these things. And I actually, after that whole journey, I ended up, my mom went to a young living conference. It's essential oils. And she met a chiropractor there. And that truly was my journey of when I started to really look at my health, when I really started to understand hormones, when I was understanding how things were connected. Um, and so as I was healing my stomach, um, I was beginning to learn about how your stomach is also connected to your hormones. And she was really educating me. Um, I also went to a nurse practitioner um, and she was really educating me on how the liver regulates your hormones. And so if we, over time, I don't know if you ever heard the word toxic load. And so mm. our body just over time, what we're eating, what we're exposed to, your load kind of gets more and more as you get older And if your liver isn't doing a good job of cleansing, you can imagine you're probably pretty toxic on the inside. And so she really was like educating me on um, products and food and things I put in my body to ensure that I was balanced. And so from there, I had this in the back of my mind, right? Like I knew, but I'll be honest, I didn't have like this strong push of like, okay, Brianne, get it together, eat right, do this, Mm -hmm. whatever. And so... Um, but then I started having like hormone imbalances, side effects. And I was like, you know what? I don't like this. Like, I don't like being sluggish. I don't like, um, all the things that kind of were side effects of estrogen dominance. And so that's really kind of, I started realizing like, I need to get this together. So I stopped having these symptoms. And so if you think about hormone disruptors, um, you can kind of Google this very easily, but I'll just rattle off like a couple hormone disruptors could be our sugar and flour. So the gluten, Mm -hmm. right? The gluten that I was eating was affecting my hormones and it tastes so good, but like it wasn't benefiting my body. 
um, caffeine, alcohol, stress, perfumes, um, makeup, heavy metals. Um, think about us as women, right? We at least put anywhere from like, let's say 12 products on our bodies a day, right? Mm -hmm. Of those 12 products, there's about 168 different chemicals in them, depending on what you buy, right? And so mm -hmm. during that time um, is when I slowly started what they call switching and ditching. So I did small. And so I think, again, this is why I usually tell our friends or other women that I talk to, you should be thinking about preparing your body for birth, like two years or a year before you even think about it, because you just never know this day and age. Right. And mm -hmm. so one of the things I started doing was like, I switched from using perfume and now I use essential oils. Um, I really tried to think about our cleaning supplies, sunscreen, even sunscreen. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I stopped getting my nails done. I, um, I stopped drinking alcohol. So like some of these things, um, I was preparing prior to, but like, I really noticed when Tim and I wanted to have a baby is really when I was like, okay, I'm over the age of 35. I know that they're going to consider me advanced maternal age. Right. And so mm -hmm. I was really like, I need to figure this out. Um, and there's also the statistic, even if you search the CDC right now, um, mm -hmm. women aged 15 to 49 with no prior births. So this really wasn't me, but I had heard a lot of women that had um, infertility with their second child, which kind of makes sense if you go back to the toxic load, right? Yes. Um, but women that have had no prior experience, one in five are unable to get pregnant after one year of trying. So, I mean, mm -hmm. think about us women, we sit around the circle of a table and you're sitting there with five of five of your best friends, right? One of you, at, at least one of you could be struggling to get pregnant. And then within that one of five, one in four women in that group have difficulty getting pregnant and staying pregnant. And so those were like statistics. I was like, this, this is not okay in our world, right? Like it makes me so sad. And a lot of it, um, we, we just kind of accept that, accept, accept that statistic mm -hmm. and just like roll with it. And I'm like, there has to be a reason why. Right. And so when we said, okay, we're ready. Um, what I wish I would have done rewinding back was I wish I would have right out the gate went to a midwife or your OB and said, okay, I'm ready to have a baby. What do I need to do? Because mm -hmm. I felt like I did some researching and I would ask people, but, um, lots of people would just be like, Oh, just have sex every day or just do this. <laughs> and I was just like, you get all these like things. And then you're like, wait, what am I supposed to do? And so I highly recommend because just going to them really like helped me realize actually that's not best to have sex every day. And like, how do you, you know, help both the health of you and your partner. And so one of the things is definitely go see somebody right away, or even like, even if you're not ready, have those conversations. Cause I didn't even realize like the whole ovulation and mm -hmm. timing, whoo, that is a whole thing. If you don't know about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but then also I told myself, um, I told myself and I told Tim, it's going to take us a year to have a baby. Mm -hmm. Like we just kind of laid that foundation. 
um, because even though at times it didn't help that I told myself that it mm-hmm. really was something that was helpful because even at times when we would get frustrated, Tim would always like, I was, I would be in tears sometimes, you know, cause it did almost take us a year yeah. and I would be like, Oh my God, I felt like I was doing everything. And Tim would always remind me like, God has a plan for us. You know, God, it's all in his timing. And like, sometimes even when he would say that it would relieve me of just like thinking because stress also mm-hmm. is a real thing when you're trying to have a baby, right? You don't want to be stressed out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and you know, that, that ironic thing kind of going back to the switching and ditching is if you've ever met somebody going through infertility treatments, mm-hmm. um, at least the handful that I know, everybody's different, right? But like the handful that I know, they were told to stop stop wearing perfume, look at ingredients and like eat certain things. And I'm like, why are we not telling all people to do this, right? Mm-hmm. Like, so I mean, I think that for me was really eye-opening. Like, okay, I need to keep, keep doing this. Um, I did a liver cleanse um, that, that was, I think I lasted three days, but I, It was really, the liver cleanse was just like eating very whole foods. It wasn't like, um, but it really detoxed me off sugar and that was real. (laughs) Um, so I really tried to watch what I eat, what Mm -hmm. I ate. Um, Mm -hmm. therapy was also really important for me. Um, yeah, you and I talk about therapy a lot, (laughs) Um, but I knew that there's a lot of stress sometimes going into having a baby, Mm -hmm. um, as you're planning it. And, um, I knew that I needed her to talk through things, um, to keep my mental health. Because again, I've heard many stories where people stopped trying having a baby and then they just had it because the stress wasn't there, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and then, like I said, I, I stopped drinking the alcohol, um, and, and here's the deal. I I was drinking alcohol when Landon was conceived. So I know some women, <laughs> I know you can get pregnant. If, but for me, in my age, I felt like that was something that was important to me. And then I really watched my gluten intake. Um, so those were kind of really the things I would say going up to thinking about having the baby you know I did I did a little different things once I got pregnant but um going up to thinking about having a baby those were things that were like really stuck out to me that I really tried to make a point to do you know Brian there was something you had brought up like going to midwives I know that um some people think maybe that's not accessible how accessible was it to get a midwife and did you find anything um, where someone that maybe might be in a lower income bracket where it could be accessible to them as well and would mm-hmm. you encourage that yeah um so our our midwives was at the hospital so to be honest you could walk down the hallway and you could go right to the OB or you could go left to the midwives um that's how accessible accessible it was for me um I believe um, they, I think anybody, cause it just took our insurance. I think okay. if you wanted to go maybe have a home birth with a midwife, that might be different. You're out of pocket pay, but everything that we did, we went mm-hmm. through insurance and 
Um, I can't make assumptions for the other people that were in there, but mm-hmm. I'm assuming that they would take all forms of insurance, mm-hmm. um, Medicaid, all of that. It was definitely very accessible. Um, and the reason why I chose the midwife route is just, um, I, I just liked the way that they practiced. I liked the calming atmosphere. I knew that I was advanced maternal age, mm-hmm. um, but I didn't want to be told that I was an old mom every time I went to yeah. the doctor. So, um, and I just loved, I never felt rushed when I was with them. Um, they talked to me, they talked to Tim. You know, you, the thing, um, we've talked about this, Tamika, before, but I, the, the time I really realized they were for me is, um, it was like one of our beginning times together and um, they were talking about doulas. And they said, have you thought about a doula? And I was like, well, you know, I was reading into them. Um, I had actually saw on Facebook, there's a group that was just created at the time, I believe, just fairly new. It was called the um, Black Collective Doulas. Mm-hmm. I think it's something like that. And I was like, oh, that sounds really interesting. And while we were there, the midwives um, gave me their list of doulas. And then she had on a sheet of paper the Black Collective Doulas. And it that to me was so important because she saw Tim in that, right? Mm. Like she wasn't just thinking of me as a woman having a baby. Like she looked at my husband and put his identity into our support. And so at that moment, I knew like, these are the people for me because they see my whole family. And so um, that was really, yeah, that was cool. So for some people who don't know, what's, what's a midwife and then what's a doula? Because there's a lot of people who don't think they have access to this. And I'll even tell you here in Arizona, there are people out here doing it. And for people who are having, um, you know, biracial children and for black women, they're trying to get us more in that realm um, because we tend to, um, in the hospitals, bad things happen to women of color and some women who are um, bringing children of color into the world. Um, They, you know, there's been issues. So, um, so I guess the difference between the midwives and the doula um, for people so they can look into these things and know they have other options. Yeah. Um, so the midwife kind of explained it to me. Um, they're, they're obviously there. The midwife is obviously there for everybody, Mm -hmm. but, um, the midwife during birth, kind of the way they described it a little bit was the midwife is there for the baby. The doula is there for the mom. Um, obviously they do help, but experiencing one without a doula and one with a doula is literally life-changing um because we went to our appointments obviously all the time with the midwife but um the doula towards the end um we it was during covid um but what we did was we would zoom with her and she would do things with me um to get my body right and so when i when i was pregnant that was another thing i did i did chiropractic care to help keep my body in alignment to ensure mm-hmm. that the Kingston was um, in the right position. And then the doula gave us, I think it's called spinning babies. So it's just different moves that you can do, your partner can do. She taught um, Tim a lot of ways to help support me when I was in labor. 
Um, she'd check in on me. Uh, she would give me things, ideas of things to eat, just so many resources, videos. I, w- I will say another amazing thing that I did too um, was watch videos. Um, our, our doula um, name is Jasmine. Um, and I can share her information too, yes, but, please. um, mm-hmm. that, yeah, that, that is Jasmine's, one of her passion is low income, uh, families and mothers and, um, especially women of color. And so that was one of the things I said, if there's a woman of color that, um, needs you right now, I want you to pick her over me, right? Because of the health disparities that you just talked about, mm-hmm. like I want to ensure, um, but she said, like, she does scholarships. Um, she she will provide, if expense is a thing, um, Jasmine has ways around that. And so um, you definitely kind of have to research yep. um, word of mouth. That's why I really, on my Facebook page, I, I, really, I really tried to share the Black Doula Collective. I tried to share Jasmine um, information because I wanted people to know that those mm-hmm. options were out there in hopes that, um, you know, it was really important for me when we went to give birth that someone in the room looked like Tim because I wanted him to feel just as supported um, as I did. And so um, absolutely, I feel like um, in Iowa, in my area, both the midwife and doula that I worked with, I definitely feel Mm -hmm. are options for people um, with um, income restrictions and different things like that. Oh, I love it. I love it. So I do want to know, once you, you said it took about a year for little Kingston to come. Yeah. How did, okay, well, how did you feel when you first felt, knew, oh, it happened? What What was your, what was your feeling? What was the vibe between you and Tim when it finally um, happened? Yeah. Well, I was pretty sick, <laughs> um, but we were excited. Uh Tim's not a crier. So let me just first say this. Tim is not a crier. You know this, Tamika. Um, And when I told him, I surprised him and I videotaped it and he like kind of started tearing up. (laughs) But like, we were so surprised because it, you know, it took so long. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not as long as some people go through. So, but um, it took a long time and we just stopped and said a prayer and we thanked God um, there was still definitely moments in there that I was fearful, right? Just mm-hmm. going through thinking about being a mom again, um, you know, different things that I probably had to work through, but, um, we talked a lot again, still, we still talked a lot. What are we going to do when we're parents? Um, one of the things that was super important, um, for me was like telling him what it's going to look like after Kingston was born and the support that I needed. Mm-hmm. And, like postpartum things for him to look for. Cause, um, I wanted that to be also, um, but we also took birthing classes with Broadlawns, the, uh, the nurses, Michelle and Karen actually amazing. Like that experience was amazing. And they showed so many birth videos and Tim was like, are you sure you want to do this? I was like, there's no backing out now. <laughs> so, um, I, we were definitely like excited and surprised and all the emotions. Um, but yeah, we, we watched a lot of birthing, um, not only for, for me, but also for Tim, just so we knew like Mm -hmm. what to expect and 
this was going to be my first natural birth. So I knew it could be a bit different than my experience with Landon. So I wanted to prepare my mind as much as possible. So during the pregnancy, so were you sick or, um, it it was a, it was rough. Yeah. I would say I wasn't as, I didn't, wasn't as sick with land as I was with Landon, but I had lots, I had lots more migraines with Kingston. Mm-hmm. Um, so super sick, but um, with Landon, I lost a bunch of weight. With Kingston, I did not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd actually gained a lot of weight. <laughs> but um, otherwise, the pregnancy, he was healthy. Um, and, and the nurses, too, would say, like, that's another thing I liked about the midwives. They would mm-hmm. tell you, like, do you want this test? Do you want this mm-hmm. ultrasound? I'm glad you brought you know, that like, up. For- yeah. Um, with advanced maternal age, they start doing more testing towards the end. And some of that I didn't want to have. Um, I just wanted to trust my body and they gave me the resources to read up on it. Um, and they truly let, let me decide and let Tim decide what we wanted to do in those last stages. Um, they also gave me the option if I wanted to be induced, um, I didn't want to be induced. I wanted to go naturally when Kingston was ready. Um, they gave me the option to not, there's the orange nasty drink that you drink for the oh. glucose testing. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't have to do that. I, I did it with Landon cause I didn't know any better with them. I drank, um, like a naked juice and I had eggs. Um, I had these like egg bites or whatever before. And when I got my test results back, she's like, you have like perfect scores. And I was like, what? Um, I was like, yeah, it's because I had some good juice and I ate some good breakfast before last time I just drank the nasty drink. So it was nice to know that there's other options as you were, as I was going through the process. So yeah, that was another benefit of having. And then you pump, like having a natural birth, you healed quicker. Then you leave the hospital the next day. I was like, I thought you were supposed to stay in the hospital for like three days. I don't even, (laughs) y'all left the next day. That was kind of nuts for me. Um, So, like I said, natural birth was new for me. Um, I really wanted to have it because my experience with Landon was actually kind of traumatic with the, I didn't like the epidural feeling. I didn't like um, feeling drugged up. I didn't, um, I had read some different things, some side effects. Mm -hmm. um, And so I was like, you know what, women, all over the world are having natural births, right? Like my, my mom, like epidurals weren't even an option when she, and I was like, I can do this. And so, um, one thing I did learn was I really think every woman should prepare for a natural birth because you never know. Like I've talked to some women that didn't plan for a natural birth because they were going to get an epidural and then they got there too late or something happened Mm. and they, they literally freak out. And so what do you do when you, what do you do with your body when you freak out? Your body tenses up. So here you are trying to push a baby out and your body's like in tense mode. And so I was like, you know, women really need to prepare for all, you know, epidural or, and so I really surrounded myself in a community of women that loved natural birth. And when I tell you there's a community out there of natural birth lovers, there's a community. And I get it now because I'm like, that was so amazing. I, I still am traumatized by Landon's birth and he's 14 years old. Wow. Kingston is a year old. And I am like, that was the most beautiful experience ever. Um, I, I, 
we, I think I was like 41 weeks, um, 41 weeks pregnant. We had just moved into our house. Thank goodness we made it. (laughs) Um, I started getting contractions the one morning and I labored in the bathtub laboring in a in a tub in water is glorious is it um, because i, I always oh, wonder yeah. have you ever been in pain i was like i don't know if i want to be in pain and wet but yeah <laughs> yeah i felt i yes i just felt like it was more calming and i i, I will say i love baths anyways mm-hmm. so um the drive in from laboring at home to Broadlands was like the longest drive ever. <laughs> I did at one point feel like I might have the baby in the car, but, oh. um, so yeah, we got there. They, they checked me. I was at, um, eight centimeters. Mm-hmm. And so that was another cool thing. I guess they don't really check people anymore at the end. Like they used to like check women to see how many centimeters they were, but that was something they the midwives didn't do with me. I don't know if it's common practice, but they did check me to see how far I was mm-hmm. long um, at the hospital. And so after that, I immediately got in the bathtub. And that is when Jasmine Ardula um, got there. And so jumped in the bathtub and it just like, it went so fast. I mean, in the moment, obviously I'm sure it didn't feel fast, but mm-hmm. I remember being in the pool and Jasmine was like right there. I don't even know what Tim was doing, but Tim was also like, this is why we got Jasmine. As long as she knows what she's doing, I'll just sit back and watch. I'll use the fan. (laughs) And so Jasmine would, would, um, tell me certain positions to get into. So like, yes, you can study for like a while and Mm -hmm. learn on these positions. But for me in the moment, like I needed a coach, I needed somebody. Mm -hmm. And so she told me to get in this one position and I was like, that hurts. And she's like, yeah, that's that's how you do it. That's how we know he's getting down there farther and farther. And then I just oh, remember wow. I reached down and I was like, I can feel his head. And they're like, okay, get out. Because I think in hospitals, at least in Iowa, you can't actually birth the baby in the water. Gotcha. So you do have to stand up yeah. out. And so I got out the next contraction. My water broke as he came out. And... Ooh. Tim was like, oh my gosh, it's a boy. <laughs> um, Cause we didn't know what we were having. Mm-hmm. And so, like you said, um, the other most amazing thing ever, um, I think it's called golden hour. And so what it is, is the baby never, you immediately birth the baby and then you put the baby on your chest mm-hmm. and Kingston never left my side um, for probably two hours. He was on my chest the whole time in there's lots of benefits to that. Um, it regulates the baby's temperature. Mm-hmm. They, um, they're better at breastfeeding and, and latching. And like, that was true because Landon wasn't a good latcher and not a good breast, wasn't good at breastfeeding, but Kingston really was. And I do, I do think that was it. But mm-hmm. when you said, um, and then I had him and then like, what, two, three hours later, they're like, do you want to get up and have a shower? And I was like, what? Like I can, that was the part, like, that's where the natural birth came in. Like, I, they were just like, well, you're fine. Like, you just had a baby, and we were only in the hospital for 24 hours, I think. We just had to wait for Kingston to go to the bathroom. He just oh. had to go pee. Otherwise, we probably could have left earlier. But, yeah, because I had a natural birth, and I wasn't on any, you know, drugs or anything, they were just like, okay, well, if you feel good, and 
I was like, that's nuts. <laughs> that's insane. And you guys, keep in mind, Kingston was supposed to be born, what, March 8th? This dude yeah, didn't come I, out until the 15th. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he held tight. He held tight. He yep. held tight. So yeah. now we're dealing with the word postpartum. Yes. Now that's coming. Yep. So how did you, okay, so for some of us, what does that mean? And what did you experience? And how did you deal with it? Three yeah. questions in one. Um, <laughs> so I might, I might not know the technical term of postpartum, but basically it's the period after having a baby. And some women experience like, a lot of it, I think, um, again, talk to your healthcare professional because these are yes. brands terms. <laughs> um, a lot of it is your hormones are fluctuating, right? Um, you're running on very little sleep. You're, you know, and so a lot of women struggle with postpartum depression and postpartum anxiety. And so I have a history of anxiety. A lot of, a lot of previously it was due to like, gluten and different things in my life that was happening caffeine really does affect my anxiety but um I still sometimes struggle just situational and so that was one of the things um when I went to the midwife we talked about and Tim was there and I talked to my therapist and Jasmine and I was like tell me things that Tim can look for because I might not be able to notice it in the moment um and um so you know he he was looking for times when I would be extra emotional or mm -hmm. if I was getting down and out or if I didn't want to shower for days or if I was feeling some type of way towards Kingston. Um, there's, there's definitely a list of things to look for. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, I would say um, lots of communication. I, I actually didn't have postpartum um, depression or anxiety I didn't notice it until four months and they call that the hormonal dump, mm. um, which I had never heard of. Right. And so at four months is when I really started noticing, um, anxiety coming into play. And, and again, it goes back to like, I just told him, like, I don't feel like myself. I don't feel right. Um, mm. these are in, and also you have to tell your partner, what they can do for you, right? Mm -hmm. You can't just say, Hey, I'm anxious right now. I need, you need to tell them, I need mm -hmm. you to cook supper, or I need you to tell me that I'm pretty, or, you know, like right. you need to tell them what you need because you can't, they can't assume, you know? And so, um, Tim is also really good. He's still to this day on like, especially Saturdays and Sundays, he, um, will get up with Kingston and let me sleep in. And so, um, one of the ways that we would do too, is I would have pumped bottles and so I could sleep, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, I didn't, I didn't have a whole lot of postpartum anxiety, but mm -hmm. I made sure to keep a lot of, um, the essential oils that I have that were emotional support. I wore those daily. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, um, I, I tried to really watch what I was eating as well. Um, I, I won't lie, I wasn't perfect by any means, but I just really tried to let people around me know, hey, just watch, like create that community, create, have that people that care about you and really watch to see um, if you're struggling in any type of way. And you just, you just have to ask for help, you know? 
And then again, going back to my therapist, right? She would check in Mm -hmm. on me. She would ask me postpartum questions that were different than previously. So that was nice. Yeah, I love that you, like speaking of therapy, that you stayed in it through your pregnancy because that's a shift. You're about to Mm -hmm. shock your body and do it later in life, starting over. And so just even talking to her afterwards, so having that support of, you know, and you doing it beforehand because now this person knows you and knows your patterns. And so, and I will add on that, like dealing with whatever trauma, personal trauma you've had before even, um, yeah, having um, Kingston or starting the process mm-hmm. because I think oh, yeah. once you get older, we have the luxury of doing that, of dealing yeah. with stuff, and then can make that mm-hmm. decision. So that's really commendable. So just wanted to put that mm-hmm. out there. <laughs> yes, yeah, it was a game. It was definitely a game changer. Um, mm-hmm. So now Kingston is a year old, and he's y'all. He's he's on the move. Yeah, he he plays he's like he room. has a second like a second ship job. I know. He eats for fun. Oh yeah, all the time. He's eating all the time. People are like, the only videos that you take of him is when he's eating. I was like, well, one, I like to watch him eat, but two, Good. he's always eating. He's always eating. <laughs> always. So, I did mention in the beginning that you are an influencer, influencer, a brand partner for Young Living. Um, explain to us what Young Living is. Yeah, so um, it's known for the essential oils, but it also has skincare products, um, supplements, uh, baby products, um, so many different things um, that I, that was really what opened my eyes to really starting to look at ingredients, um, you know, sunscreen, things like that which side note it was funny I saw something somewhere that said hey do you guys have um, a baby sunscreen for young living and they're like well when your product's non-toxic you don't need a baby sunscreen you all can use it right and Mm -hmm. so um the thing I like about young living is I don't have to research things right like so I can just be like hey I, Mm -hmm. I need some face lotion right now I don't have to be like wait what's in these ingredients um and so um I've been with them actually for over seven years um, and I just use the products. I don't, I don't try to like knock on people's door or mm-hmm. jump in people's DM and be like, Hey, girlfriend, you need some oils. <laughs> um, that's weird to me. I just feel uncomfortable doing that. So I really just like to share how I use it with people. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm just really passionate about helping people um, and, and educate them and, and having them research, right? Don't take what I say as the word, go, go research it yourself, go ask your doctors or go find, um, Mm -hmm. professionals that do this for a living. Um, but the power of somebody else kind of like opening the door or making you aware, because like I said, it's not something we typically talk about or, um, know about. And so I think that's the power of, surrounding yourself around people that you can learn from. Mm-hmm. Um, I've learned from a lot, a lot of people and a lot of people have helped me to get work to where I'm at professionally, personally, family wise. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I just really enjoy helping other people just kind of like that giving back piece. Yeah. yeah. 
So what's the one solid advice, or it could be encouragement that you would give someone who is thinking about having a child in 40, 30 plus, even yeah. getting, girl, um, some of us is working on doing it in our 40s. So what advice would you right, give that's to That's right, that's right. I would, you know, I would say um, birth is a beautiful thing. And women are made to give birth, right? Like we, that's in my mind, that's how God created us. So whatever you believe in. Um, And so it's powerful to surround yourself around women that love to talk about childbirth. Mm -hmm. Um, We're all different kinds of mothers, right? Some, Some women are like, give me 80 children. I'm like, give me one, that's all I can handle, you know? So like, but I, I do think sometimes our society has this fear around birth and they mm-hmm. scare you. And if you watch videos, the woman's always giving birth, screaming and rah, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone's going nuts. Um, definitely just surround yourself around people that loved that process, um, that empower women. You are, you are strong, you can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, there are people to support you. You don't have to do this alone. Um, just really find that community. Um, and, and the other thing is believe in your body. Talk nicely to your body. Tell, that was I another like that. thing I read about. You know, I said, I would talk, like one of the things said, talk to your uterus. Cool. I'll talk to her all day. <laughs> like, I was just like, I just spoke um, affirmations and positive things to myself. You know, Brianne, you, you are a strong woman your body is made to create, you know, babies. And so mm-hmm. really just like shifting your mindset. Um, our, my midwife actually had two babies in her forties. And so oh, wow. just listening to her. Yeah. I was like, it's okay. Like I'm not, I, and so that was really a big point for me to realize, you know what, we can do this after 35. We aren't, we aren't, bad or we aren't rotten or whatever right. you know like, Jerry, what do they call y'all geriatric yeah like <laughs> we still got strong stuff going on <laughs> so Rian, i like to end each episode with um you know my divine honey questions i got nine for you so first thing that comes to mind okay so what's your favorite word y'all I love y'all. What's your least favorite word? Uh, fat. I don't like the word fat. Um, what is your theme song? What song represents you? Um, I do my hair toss, check my nails. Baby, I, I don't even know. Do the kids Yeah, I love that one. That's the one that comes to mind. Um, what sound or noise do you love? Uh, laughter. I love when, when the guys, Tim, Landon, Kingston, and anytime they're belly laughing or laughing, I love that sound. Nice. Um, what sound or noise do you hate? Mm, whiny. Like I, I don't like, or baby talk. I hate baby talk. Like anytime kids talk babyish, it's like nails on the chalkboard. Sorry, y'all. <laughs> okay. Um, what's your favorite oil? Ooh, patchouli. I love me some, well, it's Dijai's first, but like the smell, Dijai's I put on my stomach, but the smell, what I wear for perfume every day is patchouli. Okay. Okay. And 
what motivates you? Um, my, when I grew up, uh, my mom always preached to live your life, always be, always push yourself to like be at your happiest. Right. Mm -hmm. And so at any moment in my life, when I didn't feel at my best or happy, I did something about it because she really instilled like happiness. And so what motivates me is to continually be happy because if I'm, I am happy, if I am strong, then I am a good mother. I am a good wife. I'm a good mm. friend. Um, it all. And so happiness, I would say happiness motivates me. Oh, I love it. Um, your purpose. Um, I think my purpose is, to be calming, um, and to be calming towards others. I can't, I mean, Tim's usually the calm one between us, but when I think about, um, the world, I just really try to be a calm presence for people and just break down, um, when life is hard, you know? Mm -hmm. So like, how do we just ground ourselves in the moment to get to an easier place? And I can't say personally, I'm always there, but I would say, um, I really try to do that, model that for my son, just, um, love people for who they are. You know, we're mm -hmm. all different, but that's mm -hmm. the beauty in us. Um, appreciate the difference and whew, that, that's a hard one. Like purpose. I, I think like, well, I guess when I think about professionally, I really always try to be calming when I go into schools. Um, mm -hmm. and I think my purpose at home is to just try to be really calm, especially around Kingston and Landon, but just show them like so much love and not only love within our family, but love for humans because Lord knows we need a lot of that. <laughs> yes. Yes, we do. I agree yeah. with that. Um, sun, moon, or stars? Sun, because it's rainy right now and I love oh. me some Mexico. So sun. <laughs> so you're ready. And then I said I had nine, but I actually have 10. Okay. So if you were to meet God at the pearly gates, what would you think mm -hmm. he would say to you? Why does this make me like a little emotional? Um, I feel like, and maybe this is what I would want him to say to me. I would just want him to say, I'm proud of you. Oh, yeah. And he is. Yeah. Oh, so I don't know why that made me emotional. Because that's what we want. That's um, he's internal love, and we just want to make him proud that we did yeah. well in the world. We just all want to do well in the world. Amen. Yeah. So, oh my gosh, you guys, I do want to thank um everyone who tuned in. I want to give a shout out, Tim, her husband, my brother is on. Um, her mother. Mary Jo is on. Thank you guys for tuning in. And if anyone else, if you're watching the replay and anyone else that's on, just drop a comment. Say, hey, girl, hey. Hey, girl, hey. <laughs> I was like, hey, girl, hey, we here. That's so great. you can find Brand. She's on Instagram. Um, she's on Linktree mm -hmm. and then on Facebook. And she has a YouTube channel. So all of that is in the description, you guys. But also... I will put that in the comment. 
so oh, yeah. so it's been for it so it's visible so please check her out because she does really cool content she girl, you know all the things you know where all the goods are all the products <laughs> and it, it's good stuff too so yeah. check her out um yeah and again just leave any questions comments good vibes and um thank you Brian, for joining and doing this do you have any parting words for our guests or you're the guest for our audience uh just thank you and if there's any way i can help you i'm i would love i would love to share resources um i'll definitely share our doula's name our midwives um any there was a protocol i forgot to share that i did use um to help um, I found from somebody else struggling to get pregnant. It was like drinking two teas, mm -hmm. progesterone cream, zinc that Tim took, and another supplement. Um, so definitely, uh, I love sharing resources. And so I, if you want to know my therapist, if you want to know how to connect to a black or a woman of color doula, you know, I'm sure Jasmine has connections or may mm -hmm. know. So I'm here if you need me. <laughs> Yay. Well, thank you all for tuning in. And remember, please hit that like, subscribe, share this episode. Um, also, you can listen to this on Spotify and Apple if you just want the audio version um, that will be uploaded by tomorrow. So check that out. And until next time, peace and blessings. And you guys be safe out there. Bye, guys. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, thank you.